Welcome to 24 Karat Conversations with Phyllis and Rhonda, where two best friends decided to start a podcast on real women, real friendships, and real issues. Our mission Bible verse is Job 23.10. Yet he knows the way I have taken, and when he has tested me, I will emerge as pure gold. We want to encourage, inspire, and offer hope in a world where life can seem to be unrealistic. Be a support for you to cheer you on as a wife, mother, daughter, sister, and friend. Most of all, you get to relax and laugh with us about all things women. Plus, we like all things sparkly. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Hello, 24 Karat Tribe. How are you today? Hey, peeps. We've got a special guest with us today. It's Kathy. Hello, everybody. Super excited. So we are getting ready to do a series on um, people's lives and their stories. And so we are really excited to kick off the series with Kathy McPhail. Yes. And Kathy McPhail is our pastor's wife at New Hope Community Church here in Gilray, California, which we're so excited to... I've been wanting to interview her for a while now um, because Kathy epitomizes pretty much our Job 2310. Yes. Um, So many difficulties and struggles, even as being a pastor's wife, which I think we need to blow that door open and just let people know we are all people and we go through struggles, but we can come out as pure gold. So um, I wanted to go from the beginning, Kathy, and just ask you, like, starting out as a young pastor's wife, I love the story (laughs) that you always tell about what kind of feelings you had and the kind of the struggle of like fitting into that mold. Well, first of all, I am so proud of you too. I'm telling you, <laughs> you girls are amazing. I I listen to you. I promote you. I think that she's got um, her business cards. Right exactly. <laughs> no, and they are paying. We're getting her the hat. I'm just kidding. <laughs> You girls are, uh, you're really meeting a need. And I, I, I feel like, first of all, you're easy to listen to. And I feel like God's really using you guys. And so I'm just honored. I'm super honored to be here. And I, of course, this is one of my bucket lists. It's like, somebody <laughs> interview me. I don't so, think she's going to ever leave. Yeah, I think I'm the, I'm the third sister wife. <laughs> She's our third co-host. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> you're, you're, you're guys are going to get sick of me, but yeah. No, I'm really honored, so thank you. Thank yes, you. it's funny, that title, Pastor's Wife, it's one of those words where, you know, people just address you and they have like probably an image right. of what a pastor's wife is. she's totally long, not. <laughs> exactly, and I wear, yeah. exactly, and I sing hymns all day and I only speak scripture. Um, well, and doves fly over her and house. Exactly. Well, and my biggest issue, even, um, even I, I don't want to over talk, so you guys just, you know, cut me off if I'm, um, well, I had been not... I wasn't raised in a Christian home, right. and so my parents became Christians when I was like 13. And of course, they explained really what you know that I needed Jesus. But of course, I didn't give my life to the Lord till I was 20 years old, almost 21, and I was in a serious you know relationship with a guy. Wanted to marry him, and so right away, um, you know, you're looking around as a single, you know, for a week, and I'm like, God, I need a husband. <laughs> I need and, a husband. And so Landon spotted this cute guy that I had seen five years earlier. Name was Malcolm McPhail. That did sound a little cultish, but I, <laughs> I wasn't a fan of his name. Love you, Malcolm. Aww. But I, um, I remembered like, oh my gosh, he's so cute. And the big rumor was he doesn't date. Mm. So because oh, he, um, he was dating Jesus. Yeah, he was dating oh. Jesus. That's right. That was the thing. That's you know a what? Tough you act to follow. It really was. So even though that sounds weird, but no, it was a kind of a. 
So anyway, um, long story short, um, God, um, he asked me on a date February 6th, and we got engaged March 28th. And out of that six weeks, I was gone for two weeks in Europe. I know it sounds, my one son goes, I think you are in a cult still. Yeah. Because we really only dated for like 40 days, wow. biblical days. Well, and that's, then, yeah. that's very biblical, yeah, 40 exactly. days. You're that's in the desert. Exactly. <laughs> I, ca- I counted the numbers. I'm like, okay. And then we got that's married. Hysterical. I know. We got married two and a half months later, and he told me he wanted to be a pastor. Well, I didn't know what that oh. meant. I remember seeing our pastor mm. at the time, and I was only a Christian, like, Three months at this That was point. like a bait and switch. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You're all, wait, wait, I didn't exactly. sign up for that. Wait, and I thought, well, what do they do? That's a really cute job. And like, I mean, that's good for you. Like, like, you want to help people? Good for you. And speak. Yeah, that's good. But I didn't know that there was like a role. Yeah. That there was like, oh, the husband and wife, kind of a team. But um, that was, so we ended up getting married. Um, and then he left. We left two months later to Bible college in Sacramento. And literally I was working full time. Um, he was studying to be a pastor. I had no idea what that um, meant, Mm. but then, um, six months in his schooling, they interviewed him and asked him to become the junior high, um, youth pastor, which I'd never gone to a youth group. So I don't know what a junior high youth pastor was. All I know that in junior high, like that's probably like the first time I actually got high was junior high. And so I thought everybody, I thought everyone that was, that was 12, 13, 14, 15. Did that? Yeah. They were yeah, all like yeah. pot smokers oh, and like, you know, they were gosh, making out with their boyfriends. Yeah. And so I just thought, like me. just like me. So I go there at 21, 22 years old and wow. I'm now their youth pastor's wife. And I didn't even know you had to even like, you had to go to church. Like I was working full time on Wednesday night. I'm like, I'm going to church. <laughs> I'm tired. And so my husband was helping these students, these kids. And I didn't even know, like, well, what do what do I do? Like, what's your part in it? Yeah, there was about a hundred junior high kids in our. Yes, it was a church of five thousand. So I had zero idea, like, what it meant, (laughs) and I did not know that they would like come to me for advice and like come to me, and I'm like, I don't really know God. So, like, I just knew that I had asked Jesus in my heart, and He really took a lot of the desire of how I was living. Was living a fast life, and so He really took off the guilt and all the things that I had like struggled with in my all my life. But that was probably my extent of having that relationship with yeah. Jesus. I didn't know what you didn't have do. like a full testimony. No, no, I didn't say, even know yeah. like what what do you do? And then I would, you know, this church was huge <laughs> and there was 16 pastors on staff and it was so formal and they would come walking down during like sit worship and row. sit in the front row and <laughs> wow. the, the wives would be sitting on the front pew like Apparently, and lavender dresses. Yes. And they were all dressed. <laughs> yeah. It was a really, it was, and I and literally, I didn't even know I had to wear a dress to church. I'm like, I was in my jeans. And so I felt like there was a You role. were the cool pastor's right? wife. Well, you were the cool pastor's <laughs> wife before. Well, I, jeans you know what? Church. Exactly. Exactly. I just didn't know that there was like something on me. And yeah. I felt from day one, like, okay, that's when that the struggle was. It's mm. like, wait, what am I supposed, I'm supposed to know the Lord. Like, I didn't even know what worship, like people would raise their hands, like, what are they doing? Yeah. I So it was a really, really, and so like, I probably felt super unqualified. Like mm-hmm. I don't even know God and I don't, mm. so I kind of felt like I was put in a role that mm. I didn't know that there was a title for. Yeah. Scary. Yeah. And also just, um, it's, I, I feel like that's where your like fear base started yeah. too. It's mm-hmm. like, oh my gosh, I'm thrown yeah. into this yep. situation 
it's a lot of responsibility. Yeah. And I'm thinking, you're really young. Yeah. And so for to be able yes. to like help yeah. junior high kids, but you're only a I few was years old. Yeah. years old. You know, so, 21, 22 years old. Yeah. Had Still no learning. Idea. Yeah. Absolutely. So there's a lot of expectations when it comes to ministry as well. Yeah. So, you know, feeling like, oh, like, am I like, why can't I look like her? Well, and that's like what her? I didn't. Because I remember like <laughs> before I was a Christian, like I had a lot of friends and I was really accepted. And I felt like, becoming a Christian and then now going to this super, it was a large church. It was, they're great people, but I felt super judged. Like I didn't feel, I felt talked about and I felt like, um, like I hate to say, but I felt like Christians were like mean and they weren't like, I didn't feel I was, Well, you weren't fitting into the box. I didn't fit in. Mm -hmm. And I remember like we were, we had to go to this big church staff meeting and I was probably a Christian a year and I didn't really, I wasn't developed. I wasn't growing. I just didn't know how to really get to know God, but I was already in a role. And so I felt like I wanted them to think good of me. And Mm. so we went to this staff meeting and all these, they went around the room asking all the wives how long they'd known the Lord or been a Christian. And everyone's 30 years, 40 Mm. years, 50 years, 20, 25. And I remember saying, um, a one year. And I felt like all of them like, oh, that oh, explains that's why. That that's explains why you're not wearing the purple dress. Exactly. That's exactly. <laughs> Turtleneck dress. It was Aww. that. So I remember feeling like, thank God my husband loved me mm-hmm. for who I was. Because mm-hmm. he never, and he wasn't raised in a Christian home as well. So we both did not have those like pre-labels Labels. on us. Yeah. Or like, this is what a pastor right. and a wife should mm-hmm. act like. But Every time I would beat myself up or talk bad about myself, and he would just absolutely say, you're the best. You yeah. be Kathy. Be Kathy. Be Kathy. But, you know, 22-year-old Kathy doesn't really know right. what that is to be. I just wanted to please those around me. So right. where when did that shift happen when you started feeling more like in the power of what your role was and... I think it's just, I think I'm still in process. Yeah. You know what I mean? I yeah. feel like I, I think when, um, just watching, like I would watch other wives and I remember thinking, man, I'm not like them. And I yeah. wanted to be, mm-hmm. but I feel like it was really when it began, my relationship with God really began probably, I would say five years into really okay. like, it took me like five years. Like I didn't read the Bible. I didn't even know how to pray. I didn't know, but I was trying to imitate. And I was yeah. miserable because I did not, I always have battled insecurity, yeah. but I could cover it up by looking like I was confident and being funny and, being funny yeah. and talking bad about myself. And mm-hmm. I had like my little routine, you yeah. know, it's like, oh my gosh, I'm the worst. And I would tell you all my bad things. I cussed today yeah. and I did this today and I would always be like joking and yeah. then, you know, but inside like really struggling yeah. going, I don't think they think I'm spiritual enough or oh. I don't think they have respect for me. And yeah. I remember and coming... To- and to ahead. put it in context, I mean, for those of you that didn't grow up in church mm-hmm. 20, 30 years ago, yeah. it was yeah. a very different environment yeah. well, than what yeah. we go to today, yeah. which is much more accepting. Yeah. And I mean, real. I mean, which I think there that, are still places mm-hmm. that are there are yes. places that, School, but, but yeah. for the most part, like the, the churches that, you know, we're affiliated with are right. much more casual now. Right. So to have to live in that is right. so much pressure. It's like you yeah, just Yeah, and I can't. think it was a it was you're right, Rhonda, because I feel like I mean again, I wasn't raised in that Christian home. I didn't have a, a role or a, a but I felt like I struggled so much with really who I am. Right. Then when I started to figure out like I gotta figure out this whole journey. And I remember obviously life changed for us when my husband got diagnosed with cancer and I was just turning thirty years old and I had four babies and I did not at all feel like I don't 
like people who knew me, like they knew Malcolm could walk through something like that, but they knew me. I'd break down crying over, you know, the kids waking up because, oh my gosh. <laughs> all at the same time. Exactly. Oh my God, I have to do this again? Exactly. So I felt like my security or my confidence in who I am began through a really painful, wow. difficult, yeah. like almost forced to have to really yeah. know God. And, you know, my biggest role, I think the thing is the mantra of my life is, you know, I I wanted to have faith and I wanted to have trust and hope and peace and but I I didn't everyone always said the people I admired, you know, you just how do you know God? And they're like Pray and read your Bible. It's like, oh gosh, two boring things. You know, two yeah. boring things Give that me I just thought, else. exactly. I'm like, read my Bible. I've tried. It's so boring. I didn't get it. And then my I tell this often that I had to finally get honest with God. And yeah. I said, Lord, I I want to know you, but I don't. And I love I I know I'm supposed to know your word and I don't know how to even read it. Would you put a love in my heart for your word? I because that. I yeah. don't yeah. love it. Yeah. And I'm telling you, like praying that honest prayer and then like literally the next day trying to just start with the psalm and go really slow and I started to get it like I started making it a prayer it was really slow and you know everyone tries their any which way to know God but I felt like for me it was really in knowing God's word because it's more about relationship than religion I think a lot of times we want to put God in this religious box Mm -hmm. and then we never get out of that cycle if we're not moving from that outside that box into relationship, then we're never going to get to know him. It's true. And I think we get like, we have these preconceived things that like God doesn't get us, but I'm Mm -hmm. like, he created us. And I feel like, like maybe nobody else gets me, but God gets me. Like I, my dad was really good about letting me have a fit. Like Mm -hmm. I was like the crier and the, I would throw fits and I would be like, why? It's not fair. And I would (laughs) do, and my dad, he didn't send me to my room or he didn't say, get out of here. He let me have a tantrum. And Mm. I feel like that's how God lets me. Now other people are uncomfortable with my tantrums and (laughs) I'm learning that I don't care. You know what? Because I know that I have this relationship with God that I can work it all the way through that way in order to get to that place. And I love that you said, um, you asked him to put a love Mm -hmm. in your heart Mm -hmm. because I wasn't raised in a Christian home either. And it's like (laughs) opening a Bible for the first time at 35 years old. I'm like, what, what do I do? Like, I don't even know. And it's true that, you know, he will give you what you need at the time because it's so Greek. The whole thing is just like, I don't know what the heck is going on, but it's like the parables where he goes, when, when you, when I want your heart to open up, like I read a scripture one day that just burst my heart open. And I'm like, where'd that come from? Right. So it is like you have to ask for that heart to totally. Cause I think it's it doesn't make sense. And I think even now, I mean, I like I still struggle. It's like I don't know all of the, what it says, but I yeah. but I think it depends on what you're going through. And I and I did find like your relationship with God is yours. Mm-hmm. And yeah. and sometimes it's gonna come in through the hardships or, and that's mainly been for me. It's like when things are going great in my life, it's like, Lord, I love you. Bye-bye. Gots to go. But when I'm in those really dark valleys and these times where it's like, God, where are you? I wish I could just have, you can just sit and have skin on you and I can just talk. But I feel like that's my comfort is when I read his word and I find out, I mean, these other people that they went through struggles. They went through dark places. They encouraged me. So that's my, I think that was my biggest teacher was, you know, I really started to have a relationship with God and he started to, to really change me. And it's still continual because, you know, the things I've struggled with 30 years ago, 
they kind of come full circle. I yeah. keep struggling. Yeah. You know, it depends on how life goes. You yeah. know, well, it's a da- it's a lifelong mm-hmm. thing. Like we always laugh when people go, "Oh yeah, I read I read, read the, the Bible." Bible. <laughs> We're like, "Was it a bestseller? Did yeah. you love it?" Yeah. It's like, no, you, you have to read it. Amazon. Yeah, <laughs> like, that is a lifelong thing. Yeah. You don't just read the Bible and you're done. Like you read the Bible for the rest of right. your life because He keeps opening up more mm-hmm. things to you that are pertinent to where you are in yeah. your life at right. that moment. And without it, like. I just don't even, like I tell people all the time, I've lived half my life without God and half my life with God. And I'm going to choose God every time because I screwed it up royally on my own. So I I would never just rely on my own self anymore. So, And I I, think, you know, I mean, it's kind of funny because you're kind of a mix between Phyllis and I because you didn't grow up in church, but now you're a minister's wife. And so me growing up in church, you know, same thing. It was like, well, gosh... People just assume that I was so yeah. spiritual because yeah. I grew up under she a wasn't. pew. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously. That's why, That's I, why love I love you. you. <laughs> exactly. But, you know, it's like, even for me, like, I think in a few episodes back, I talked about, like, when my daughter died. That's when God yeah. really yeah. showed me who That's he really was. Moment. Because it, was, mm-hmm. it wasn't until then that I really felt I needed a yeah. need for him. Because it's true. I went to church every Sunday. Right. I said all the right Life's things. Good. I mm-hmm. did all the right things. Mm-hmm. And then it was like, wait, my, you know, everything was taken away from yeah. me. So mm-hmm. I think sometimes, especially when you're growing up in the church, right. you kind of just, you kind of take for granted Right. What you've grown up with. Yeah. You know, no, and you have great roots. And I feel like that, I mean, you were the, 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 the person that I wanted my children to raise my kids. It's like, I didn't want my kids to be like the religious weirdos yeah. or the ones that are like the Bible thumper Jesus right. preaching. You know, right. I wanted them to be real people that have real issues and then, but to like be able to still be themselves mm-hmm. and, and they're going to go through the struggle. So I, I feel like both of you, I mean, I, I identify to both and I actually, to be honest, like, I feel like the older I've gotten, I am so um, I feel so humbled and so thankful that like God trusted that Malcolm and I could actually help people and lead people and encourage. I feel like it is a high calling and, and I don't want to take is. it for granted. And yeah, it's hard. It's a hard yeah. life. It's like, yeah. you know, you're, you're, you're have to be available and your people are hurting and you're dealing with eternal things. I mean, yeah. you watch people suffer and yeah. struggle. And so and there isn't I, always an answer for no, it. No, yeah. there isn't. And it's the, it's the greatest, I think it's the greatest role in entrustment. And I crack up cause I thought, God, you really do have a sense of humor because, <laughs> um, I, I, you know, I have a couple of high school friends that are online watching our church services, and these are girls I hung out with on Friday nights and Saturday nights, and they're my age, you know, 57, and they're needing God, and yeah. they keep private messaging me saying, like, oh, you know, thank you. Like, so I can't sweet. believe I have a church now, Aww. and I can't believe, like, you know, that I, the joke was, you know, I was the, you know, the pastor's wife. Right. They all heard that Kathy McFit, you know, my maiden name was Brown. Kathy Brown got really religious. And- <laughs> She's passing out Bibles at the airport. And I'm like, um, no, no, I'm not you doing that. You saw me throwing my temper Exactly. It's like, no, those are hard Krishnas, and but no, I'm not. But I think that's what makes you relatable, and I think that's a lot of the reasons why, like I know in our women's ministries, that people feel connected to you because you, you're vulnerable. You. And I feel like sometimes when... And I'm just speaking from as a pastor's kid, you know, and watching other pastor's wives. Right. It was unattainable. And it's like, how can I ever, like, how can I ever live up to that? So you, you know, that vulnerability comes through. And I know that's not an easy place to be because, you know, we were joking in one podcast. I'm like, you know, we're like celebrities, right? (laughs) You know, (laughs) you have to give a lot of pressure on you. Right. Right. 
share everything. Yes. But no, it's true. You know, you, you. there that vulnerability is something that shines through. Mm-hmm. And I well, and like I used to, and, uh, and thank you because I remember years ago, especially when we got here, I was 29 when my husband w- became the senior pastor, the lead pastor of the church, and it was a real small church, but. Man, it was it was pressure, and I put it on myself. I had yeah. four babies, and I yeah. felt like they, you know, at the time, the kids had to be in church with you. They didn't get yeah. to go to their kids' church, and they had to sit through worship. And oh, I was a wreck. I felt like everyone in the corner. exactly, and I felt like the pressure <laughs> of wanting to perform. And then I just remember feeling like I can't. I I I'm having a breakdown because mm-hmm. if I can't be myself and be honest, but when people would say that to me, like, "Gosh, you're so real," how I interpreted that was you're not spiritual enough because mm. I felt like if I was spiritual enough, then I wouldn't be so real because I would say like, oh, I smacked my kid in the head today with frozen bacon. You know, I, exactly. It just left a little bruise. Shoot. It was like an ice block. Uh, Ryan, I'm sorry, Ryan. I want to publicly confess. I didn't mean to hit you with the bacon. We're sorry, Ryan. Exactly. We didn't mean to put that mouth of yours. But yeah. anyway, I just felt like I always would interpret when everyone would say you're so real, then I wasn't godly enough. And that's not true. It's just yeah. being able to be saying we're human beings and we right. we need help we yeah. need you know hope and we find it in for me i find it in in god and yeah. in his word so so recently you yes. just did a whole series on renewing your mind yes. at our church which i loved i Thank took you. a ton of notes Thank on and i just um wanted you to talk a little bit about that because i think that goes alongside of um yes we can be mm-hmm. real but also at the same time we need to constantly renew our yeah. mind to a better place yeah. instead of like staying in yeah. the junk that we're always yeah. going to have. So yeah. talk a little bit about well, that. Well, I, I, it's, I'm still in process. I've been, <laughs> I've been, um, I've gave my life to the Lord when, um, it's about 36 years, 37. And I, you'd think by this point I could be walking on water. Unfortunately, girls, um, it doesn't this, happen. no, this mind yeah. of mine is, I think our battles in our mind. Yeah. I, I think our totally. thoughts, they can take over. And totally. I mean, how, how many of you been driving in a car and all of a sudden you're having multiple conversations and you're going, Oh, it's not just me. Exactly. (laughs) So have you seen that movie? I don't know how she does it. I, I can't, I don't know how she does it. It's with Sarah Jessica Parker. Okay. And she's laying in bed one night and she's in bed. Her husband is out snoring like oh, a log, right? And she's got all these like, like ticker tape oh up her going, oh, feed the dog. Don't forget life. to renew oh, your yeah. prescription. Yes. Don't forget, you know, and it's oh, true. It, and, and I think if anybody had a private um, view of what my <laughs> oh, thoughts are, they would be scared. Yeah. Like really people, cause I have so people many. People would run from no, us. No, they would. I, I'm telling you, but my mind is nuts and I publicly say that, yeah. but I'm just saying that I have always battled with fear and anxiety. That has been something, even as a little girl, just so much fear and anxiety of things that were either not happening. It's just something. So growing up and then all of, you know, now I have this new faith and new, I, I feel like truly it's to write it, to think about what you're thinking about and the renewing of your mind is I think we don't do that enough. We mm-hmm. just allow ourselves to take us down roads and to take us places. And during my husband's cancer battle, I felt like I uh, my mind was afraid. I mean, it was the bit thing that I feared the most yeah. really came on me yeah. is like to have four babies and have a husband that was given two years to live. Um, and I, you were and, seeing the future. Oh that. my gosh. Yeah. And they said yeah. it wasn't if he dies, it's when he dies. Mm. And I was, like I said, having all these little kids and I was a wreck just parenting and raising yeah. them. And then all of a sudden now, what am I going to do? Right. I'm facing being a widow and how am I going to live my life? 
So that's when I really think that God started really changing me. It's like, you know, transforming your mind. You have to change your mind, change Mm -hmm. your thinking, because I was having to watch the things I was saying. Like we, I remember early in when people would come up and everyone wanted to try to give you comfort, but they're telling you all their cancer stories and they're telling you everyone that died of, that they knew of cancer. And I'm like, that's all I'm hearing. Thank you so much. Exactly. Thank you. Thank you (laughs) for your comfort. I remember us telling people, please don't, don't come to us with your fears. Like we need your faith and we need your hope. So in my husband's better at well-meaning conversations, but like, no, it, they just, they thought they were like, all that wrong we thing. joke, we, we joke had that. we could write a book yeah. on things Be, you don't say when your kid when dies. When your child dies. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. yeah, you know. They you come know. up and they, they say know. the craziest yes. things and you're like, did that just, just come, come out of your mouth? The truth. Okay, and, so I have to tell yes. you, you're going to laugh at yes. this story real quick. So after Tiana had passed away, I had this girl, sweetest, kindest young girl at church came in to visit me and she asked me if I was donating my breast milk. Okay. And I think wow. I almost, mm-hmm. yes. well, Jason yes. gently told her, you need to leave. I, I mean, I mean, no, and, and Rhonda, and I get and it. We have to write the book like, on the, really? the, the dumbest things <laughs> yes. because I think, and for me, I am so sensitive to people's <clears throat> words and I'm so sensitive to yeah. like, even my own thoughts that it's right. like, I literally can, you know, get myself into a nervous breakdown right. by just mm-hmm. allowing myself right. and I give myself permission to just use my mouth and use my way I feel. Mm -hmm. I'm really good about telling you how I feel and I could describe a feeling like none other, but I felt like I had to make a choice to start thinking about what I'm thinking about and changing my thinking because I have a lot of negative talk and a lot of negative thinking. And the only way that I literally had to battle was through God's word. And I had to start taking those verses that said, I am the God that heals thee. I'm like, God, do you heal? I don't even know if you heal. I've never seen a healing, but people said that God could heal. Well, I'm like, God, does your word say you heal? And I would look up all these verses on healing and then like life and death is in the power of the tongue. And if you start speaking death, you know, it's like, I want to speak life and I want to speak hope and I want to speak, but I mean, for those who know me, it's like, this is an ongoing process. Like I still haven't figured it out. And I think we'll go to our death with having to renew our mind. So question for you had mentioned earlier that it started in childhood. Your Mm -hmm. fear, was there something that was traumatic that you remember that kind of triggered that? Because I know a lot of times that. Well, and I think I'm, yeah, I'm a middle child and Mm. it's like my parents both worked and, um, and I think like. I and knowing personalities, I don't know if you guys you should do a whole show on the Enneagrams. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, on the yeah. Enneagrams, you got to do that. that. But yeah, that, you know, I'm a two, which is the helper, and I'm the hi, oh, honey, me are, too. Oh my gosh, We're I've never two. met. I feel sorry for us. We yeah. carry the burden of the, the, burden world. Of the Nobody world. Nobody knows yeah. how much we do and care. But I can and no one, no one says thank exactly. you. Yeah, no, it's true. And and two, I hurt my feelings are hurt all the time. Amazing it was. But you want us in a trial because we're gonna we're gonna go in with you. You know what I mean. And we're going to be all emotional exactly, about it Exactly. Exactly. Like, so you, it's, it's true. Hold so you, make you so a casserole. I think it's personality. And I think je- there's a lot of, I know, Phyllis, you talk a lot about the generational. I think my mom, who is such a role model in my life, I think she's battled fear all her life. Mm-hmm. But she overcompensates it with, like, faith and prayer yeah. and yeah. just battle yeah. and doing. So oh, that's I, a good thing yeah. that you say that, yeah. Kathy. Yeah. That's real. I, I just have to sit on that for a minute because you always talk about how your mom is so dependent yes. on God. But that's a it's good because analogy because fear. behind yes. that, yeah. yeah. And I think that's what we were talking earlier before we started this about yeah. faith and fear. They it's do so, go together, yeah. but somehow yeah. we think, oh, you can't have fear if you have faith. But right. like I just listened to something yesterday that said they're married. 
Faith and fear, they yeah. sleep in the same bed. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, because if you're not afraid, then you're not really going to need faith. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I feel well, like... fear is yeah. a good thing, too. Sometimes, like Fear yeah. is not always a, a negative thing. Right. Because, you know, you guys were just talking about how sometimes you just have to do things out of fear. Right. When you, right. you, right. Sometimes you've got to just like, do it. Yeah. Doing this. Yeah. Like, yeah. doing this, we were so scared of, like... What does it look like? How are you yeah. going to do it? I don't know. Can Will anyone listen? Can we and, do it? Can we do it? And there were times when things were breaking down yeah. and we were so fearful, but we knew like this was something that yes. was like a positive thing that yes. we wanted to pour out there. And so sometimes your fear drives you to a better place. It's true. If it's a healthy fear. Yeah. So there's a healthy fear well, and an unhealthy fear. And I even think fear. even if it isn't healthy, I think like for me, it's like I need God. Yeah. I need, I'm scared yeah. all the time. Like I need and it's like if I didn't have those fears, You'd it would be going through your day. Exactly. Or, or I would even be more right. dependent on me. yourself. Yeah. You know, yeah. And I, that's yourself. why I feel yeah. like I'm afraid of everything. I don't yeah. even like getting up sometimes. <laughs> like, oh, I'm afraid to go down the hall. People, somebody <laughs> might need me. So I think it, it moves me to God. It's my yeah. fears of move me to God and so I think probably the question was I think it's just something personality Mm -hmm. and I like I was the child and I still am I'm the the daughter that is always feeling like I have to help and I have to do and I have to and I take on people's stuff and so it's just the role it's the martyr I'm the middle child martyr you know so Marsha 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 absolutely (laughs) I'm the Jan Brady of you know me too me too exactly oh so did you have something? You know I, what? I um, We're going to actually end this part of the episode because we're going to do two parts with Kathy. So what? You get to go Okay, yeah, I told you, girls, I'm coming on, not leaving. She, Rhonda talks a lot about her closet. I yes, said, Rhonda, I'm yes, moving in. Kathy's <laughs> going to be She in actually the brought her yes. suitcase. Yes. <laughs> I'm not going home. Malcolm, if you're listening, it was a good run. <laughs> we'll send someone to help you. Exactly. exactly. So we're going to actually end this show. We want to thank you so much for joining us this week. We hope you enjoyed this week's conversation. And if you love our show, please give us a review. And don't forget to follow us on our new Instagram. Subscribe. Oh, yes. Yeah, subscribe and share. <laughs> And um, don't forget to follow us on Instagram at 24 Carat Conversations Podcast and Sparkle on 24 Carat Tribe. We will be back with Kathy on the next episode. Thank you. Bye, peeps. Bye.